Kalena Silva is chanting a special love prayer for the sun, a natural thing to do in the old nature religion of Hawaii. Single voice chant called mele is the oldest form of music on the islands. And like the hula dance, it expresses a view that the earth and everything on it is alive. For Silva, Hawaiians and their music are as one. I think if you listen to our music, you'll, you'll come to find out who we are as a people. The various expressions that you find in our music are expressions of our, of our soul as a Hawaiian people. So if you come to know our music, you'll come to know us. Well, for me, Hawaiian is, is your blood. It's, it's your bones. It's, it's uh, your ancestors who have been buried uh, right where you were born in Hawaii. Noe Noe Zodermeister Lewis wears a scarlet flower in a thick black braid. She's in Washington, D.C., participating with her family in the Smithsonian Festival of American Folklife, and I catch up with her in the very shadow of the Washington Monument. She tells me why she chants. Chanting is really the roots of our culture, the soul. As my mother says, it's the language of the gods, handed from generation to generation, and that's all we have to really grasp onto. Noe Noe sees no contradiction between her modern outlook and her ancient interests. Even though I'm a Christian, I respect my gods. You have a god of nature, goddess of the volcano, fire, god of the ocean, the land, the sea. But basically, they're all the same god, but not taking any chances. <laughs> The Protestant missionaries who landed on Hawaii in 1820 weren't taking any chances either, and they began baptizing natives as fast as they could find them. Hula dancing was banned, and chanting to the goddess of fire became a no-no. Group singing, however, was allowed, if it followed a Protestant hymnal. Somehow, Yankee-style worship was easy for most Hawaiians to digest. Still, they kept certain elements of the old Mele chant tradition, like the slides between notes and the special line breaks, called hai hai, they had always used to express deep spiritual emotion in the past. Christian music also brought with it something new and undeniably wonderful. Harmony. This is the Waimea Church Choir, made up entirely of Hawaiians from the remote island of Niihau the only Hawaiian island that is privately owned. And except for the family who owns it, only Hawaiians are allowed to be there. There are no cars. All this keeps Ni'iau, its culture and its music, strangely suspended somewhere in the late 1800s. (laughs) 
Lama Kanahele was born on Ni'ihau and sings in the Waimea Choir. Well, on Ni'ihau, we don't have any electricity or running water. Drinking water, we, ha- we collected from the rainwater. We have kerosene lamp. Mostly everybody's still using outside stove. You don't have to buy kerosene. The only thing you need to do is to get your wood to make your fire to cook. They want to go on and live it as it is. Significantly, relations between the owner family and the Ni'ihau natives closely parallels ancient relations between the nobility class and the commoners in Hawaii's pre-Christian caste system. According to Hawaiian ethnomusicologist Jay Yunker, this caste system dovetailed nicely with the new Christian singing traditions that the missionaries introduced. Protestant hymnody is arranged around harmony, so you have distinct parts which everyone has to stay with and coordinated tones or pitches that everyone has to more or less follow. And the ancient Hawaiian culture was very stratified. There were very distinct class differences. There were very distinct requirements that people within their sex or within their classes had to adhere to. I think that tied in rather nicely together. Juncker goes on to say that this conflict is part of Hawaiian society and the Western world generally. Everybody gets a part and everybody feels a place. In traditional cultures throughout Polynesia and a lot of other places, of course, you always had the feeling of being a part of something. You had your place. In the modern world, you have independence and individualism. You have to achieve on your own. And, of course, that leads to a lot of neurosis because nobody knows where their place is. In the other traditions, you always knew where your place was, but, of course, sometimes maybe you didn't like that place. <laughs> Me, I come from Hawaii. I come over here. I played a little slack key guitar. Then the next thing you know, I'm flying, I'm gone. See, it goes back to that little rock out in the middle of the ocean they call Hawaii. It's just a, it's, it's a, it's a real Hawaiian soul music itself. And it's from the heart. So that means, see, when every time they hear Slacky, they remember Raymond Connie was here. Everyone tells me that Ray Connie's sense of place is 100% Hawaiian, that his music and his life are full of kindness and aloha. Kane is a big man. He has thick white hair and cocoa skin, and his welder's arms hold a handmade ebony guitar perched precariously on top of a kingly belly. Even his name is big. Raymond Kaleo Aloha Poi Naoli Ohele Manu. Kaleo Aloha Poi Naoli means voice of love will never be forgotten where he come from. I need a moment to collect myself, so I resort to an old interviewer's trick. How do you spell your name? R-A-Y-M-O-N-D, K-A-L-E-O-A-L-O. Here's how the slack key guitar got started. In 1832, the Hawaii cow population was getting out of hand. So King Kamehameha III brought in some Mexican cowboys called vaqueros to bring things back under control. And these cowboys brought in their guitars. Hawaiians love the new instrument. Legend has it, that when the cowboys finished their job and it was time to go back home, one big-hearted cowboy left his guitar behind on the island. Not knowing how to tune it, 
the Hawaiians made an open tuning, which they called taro patch, after a much-loved local vegetable. And presto, a hybrid musical form was born called slack key. Ray Kane is a master of the Hawaiian slack key guitar. I ask him to play for me, but before he does, he makes a strange request. If, uh, if you would take a bite of the end of this guitar, with your teeth, and you close your two ears, you try it. Take a bite out yeah, of the just take, just take, just take it off. Put your mic down, and you, you tell me what do you think about it. All right. Okay. It's going on inside my brain. Have you ever tried that? When you play the guitar, you gotta play from from the end of your heart. You have to, you know, that, that's the only that's, that's the only way you can feel it. That there's something there. You know it when you hear it. If you just had 25 seconds in the limelight right there on the radio, and you could say anything at all, what is it that you'd most want to get across to people? Aloha. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Welcome. I love you. That's what the word means. Okay. All that good stuff. Okay, great. One more time. Aloha. Good. Right. For Radio Smithsonian, this is Adam Phillips.